The Essence of Tea, Episode 72. Welcome. You are listening to the Essence of Tea podcast, where we share about the world of tea with you. From tea tastings to tea history and culture to tea education, health, and wellness, the Essence of Tea is your tea companion through your personal transformation and growth. I'm your host, Jenny Jie. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Essence of Tea podcast. I'm so glad that you are here to join me today for this wonderful episode about demystifying what people think tea is, I guess. So if you're watching here live, I would love to say hello to you in the chat. Feel free to um, shout out where you're watching from. And if you're drinking tea today, what kind of tea you're drinking? So this episode is on the question of what technically is tea? Because most people don't realize that they are not drinking tea when they drink, when they think they're drinking tea. So that's kind of disturbing. Like you think you're drinking tea, but now in the industry of tea drinking, the culture of tea drinking in America that has exploded, you've got like these mushroom teas and these adaptogen teas and these herbal teas and so on and so forth. But did you know, actually, the traditional meaning of the word tea is technically from one plant that makes five varietals. And that one plant is called the Camellia sinensis. And this Camellia sinensis plant that has been called tea for thousands of years, or cha, or te, or however those translational um, changes to the word that we're meaning from the Camellia sinensis evergreen tree has changed over the millennia, it's still the same plant that turns into five of our most popular, most common tea categories. Hey, Violet, thank you so much for joining today, watching from Arizona and drinking the Thousand Mile Tea. Love to see you here joining us today. So again, if you're watching live for this podcast episode, feel free to say hello in the chat and let me know where you're watching from. I'd love to shout you out. Let me know what kind of tea you're drinking today for this wonderful episode about demystifying the the word tea and what that means. So if this one plant, the Camellia sinensis plant, makes five different tea categories, white tea, oolong, black, poor, oolong, I think white, green, oolong, black, and poor, those five different categories, then what's everything else that you're drinking out there? Well, technically, they're not from the tea plant, so they're an herbal infusion. I mean, you wouldn't steep coffee grounds and call it a tea, right? So why would you do that to the tea plants? And that's what makes it so complicated is there's so many different categories of tea, but then there's all the other stuff, all the herbals, all the mushrooms, all the peppermints, hibiscus, flowers, lavender. And in French, there's actually a word for this called tisane. T-I-S-A-N-E, tisane, which means herbal infusion. Of course, they would not call coffee a tisane, right? So when you have this plethora of anything that you're infusing and extracting the nutritional benefits and the essential oils and the vitamins from, it is very, 
very hard to say, well, what are the health benefits of tea? You're talking about essentially every single plant on earth. So, I mean, people even call basil. You know, you can have a basil tea, you can have a parsley tea. Well, parsley, you could just go buy in the produce aisle and eat parsley. You can cook with parsley, right? Basil, you can make a pesto out of it. Is it really a tea if it's steeped in hot water? Not really. It's an infusion, right? Are you seeing the pattern? Ginger. Ginger is in a root we've used for thousands of years for medicinal properties and for cooking because remember, food is medicine. Hey, Deb, thank you so much for watching us from Vermont today. I see that you're drinking our Dragon Well green tea. Awesome. Hopefully it's helping you with this time of year of allergies that are coming up and boosting your immune system and lung health and so much more. So now that you know what tea is, let me show you an actual baby tea plant. It's this evergreen olive shape, um, um, oval shape leaf, and it's a bush. That's technically actually a tree, but when it's been pruned so many times, I just pruned it earlier today right here. This was a whole stalk that got um, defoliated, which meant it didn't have enough sunlight while I was keeping it in my bathroom, forgot to turn on the grow light this winter. So I trimmed it right here. And as I trim and I prune the tea plants, the Camellia sinensis plant, it ends up being fuller and fuller, kinds of like that bonsai technique, which ends up making something that looks like a bush, but it's actually an evergreen tree plant. And this leaf, or that leaf, or this leaf, or this leaf, they're meant to stay on the plant. It's an evergreen tree. It's not supposed to shed its leaves. It's always supposed to have the leaves on there. And then us who are tea farmers, and yes, we have the only tea farm in Alaska and the first ever geothermal powered tea farm in the world. Here in Alaska, we have our own tea plants. All of our tea plants are, are at the tea farm at Chena Hot Springs Resort, but I have this one baby plant that I can easily show you who are watching today. Um, and it's this green plant and it should have tender leaves on the top and more mature mother thicker leaves. They're called mother leaves. They're the ones that are going to stay on the plant. You're not going to use them for drinking. It kind of gives it um, a way to continuously get food and fed while we're picking the tender tea leaves. So this one plant with hundreds of varietals, Camellia sinensis sinensis, there's Super Sochi, there's um, Asamica, there's all these different varietals of the same plant. So they all look kind of like this and they make five categories of tea and they're literally grown all over the world and they have been but more recently more farmers are in america there's more uk tea farmers but let me show you here on this map and you can see the origin of of tea the center of where you're seeing all these um different routes going and changing throughout the world the center is china and of course it's been around for thousands of years. So in over 2000 BC, someone that they, they named the father of tea, they named him Shen Nong. Maybe that was his name. I don't know. It wasn't there over 2000 BC ago. But someone by the name of Shen Nong or an emperor named Shen Nong, but usually the origin story goes that is Shen Nong discovers tea leaves in his water 
that he cooked the water to sanitize it. The practice of sanitizing water. Of course, if you're in places that don't have clean water right out of your faucet, you want to make sure you do not get sick by the runoff of the mountains in the springtime that could have all sorts of different interesting bacteria from animal feces. So you're going to want to clean and sanitize your water. And from that, he discovered, wow, my water doesn't taste like normal water, and hence tea. And there's many different other origin stories of different styles of tea that were discovered, but the origin of tea across all countries is that tea is originally from China. And the mother homeland, the province where tea is from, is Yunnan province. It has some of the oldest tea trees in the world, some of the oldest. There's really old ones in Taiwan also. But they think that was kind of like the center of where tea was discovered. And there it traveled, whether it traveled naturally through animals taking the seeds accidentally or pollinating them, they spread into India. There's different varietals in India, ones that the British didn't realize actually grew in India already. But you can see because of the way that the world was that tea plants could slowly travel, not necessarily by humans, but grow to other places. But with these travel routes throughout the world, you've got ships trading, you've got the Silk Road, right? And you're traveling all the way now to the south of Africa. And remember, there's colonization in Africa too. So Africa is starting to grow tea because tea plants are being transported all over. And they're like, hey, wow, all these people like tea not necessarily for the health benefits, but they like tea. And so they need to now produce more tea fields, more tea farms in places that they have land for. And unfortunately, sometimes slavery, right? To grow and farm these tea plants. So they travel all the way to Africa and then all the way around the bottom of Africa up into Europe. And you can see that there's so many places around the globe even including South America, which is not one of the original countries that were continents that had tea on it. But now even in Africa, or, um, South America, the Camellia sinensis plant is grown also because of demand. So the Camellia sinensis plant, which is technically tea that we want to talk about, is now grown all over the world. That means it's a pretty popular beverage, right? And this beverage is now today the number one most consumed beverage in the world next to water. In fact, the only competition, like really true competition of the uh, another beverage, um, be beverage category that is exploding in the beverage industry is bottled water. Bottled water. So you've got water, it's got a huge market globally, and tea is the second most consumed beverage in the world. And from tea, I'm not talking about mushrooms, chaga, peppermint, hibiscus, lavender, I'm talking straight pure tea, right? Because I said, it's, it's so crazy to have to think about all those other health benefits. The tea plant, the Camellia sinensis plant is what you can focus on, on what all these different health benefits when I teach about the health benefits of tea come from. Very fascinating, very, very fascinating. So now that you know where tea is from and where it can be grown, oh, it's also grown on the Hawaiian Islands. It's grown on an island off of Spain. It's so fascinating what people's interests are in tea 
and its health benefits and how it can travel very easily, very light, how it's preserved in its dry form. So all you need is hot water to rehydrate it and to re release its essence and nutrients. You have such a fascination with tea and tea culture. And almost every um, people group across the world has some sort of story with tea or at least an herbal infusion, right? So we've got tea. We've got herbal infusions called tisans. We've also got yerba mate, which is the continental beverage of um, South America, which I actually have a tea, um, a yerba mate plant actually in my house, but I, I didn't grab it in time to show you it. But if you're curious about learning more about the in-depth nutritional properties of tea, the health benefits, the components of tea, I want to invite you to join me for our free live five-day class. It's absolutely free. We just did an amazing two-day immersive tea retreat here in Alaska, and that was a paid program. That's not something that happens every year. But for those of you who didn't know about that opportunity or are looking for a more approachable opportunity, this is a really great program. It's super fun. It's called the Five Days of Tea, and you can learn all about the different health benefits of tea, what makes tea different, fun things to do with tea, why tea is so powerful for wellness, and so much more. So I'm offering this class this month, and make sure you sign up by texting Five Days of Tea, all one word, Five Days of Tea, like the number five, Five Days of Tea to 206-339-4587. It's an absolutely free class. As soon as you sign up for it, you'll get the free workbook, which you get to keep forever yourself. So whether you're still in the class or, or not, you can always have it as a reference for those questions of going back like, oh, what's good for lung health again? Um, how is it so powerful for wellness and the transformational powers of how it bridges relationships and transforms communities? These are some, just some of the topics we're going to do in five days. So whether you've taken this course before or this is the first time you've ever heard about it, it is a very impactful free course. And I will be going live five days for this free course, which sign up by texting in five days of tea to 206-339-4587 because we don't offer this class year round. You can always go to the university website and buy any of the regular tea courses that we have. They're about $300 a class. Or if you want to become a certified tea specialist, that is $3,600 for that program. But this is an absolute free class. If you're curious about tea, you've got time this month to take it. And there are free replays if you miss the live showings up until the week after. So every time there's always new, interesting, relevant, timely and relevant information. And so this class is not a recorded class that's just replayed over and over again. This is an absolute live free class. Any questions that you submit to me, I will review them and fit them into the course. And so it's really modified by the attendees of this absolutely free live course. So Sign up today and make sure that you invite three of your besties because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to take a free course from me 
an international award-winning certified tea specialist and a bestseller of a book all about the wellness properties of tea. And I'm also a tea farmer. So sign up today. Let your friends know about this once-in-a-time opportunity to learn more about tea from me. Thank you so much for joining me with me today. And I would love to answer any of your other questions that you have about tea. So if you have any questions at all about tea and are interested in having me cover them in one of our podcasts, the Edison's of Tea podcast, make sure you email them to hello at sippingstreams.com and I'll see you on the next episode. Just one more thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. We would really appreciate it. And don't forget to also check us out at sippingstreams.com.